Hello, listeners of Hear Voices. Here we go with another great talk from our ICU Talks event in January. Shamira Parker is the featured guest of this very interesting discussion regarding her struggles and the blessed way she was able to rise up from them and feel God's grace. We know you'll enjoy it. Kim, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I'll be very transparent tonight. My aunt passed away a few days ago. She's like a mom to me, taking it really hard. But it was so important to be here. I'm happy to be here and really just talk about what God has done in my life. So this is my throwaway box. Everything must go or trash. You know how you're decluttering at the end of the year? Some of you probably already did that. Or if you didn't, spring cleaning is still available. <laughs> oh, you're throwing everything out and just so much junk. Just got to get rid of it. Well, who uses these anymore? Oh. Seriously, who really uses clothespins anymore? It's crazy. Wait, wait. Huh. Wonder what? Wow. Have you ever been throwing away things? And you were so focused on throwing things away that you almost threw something really, really valuable away. Am I just the only one? Well, that's almost what I did with my life. In 2002, I was 21. I was in college, I had a full load, and I was working two part-time jobs. President of my sorority, president of this, overachieving, perfectionist, doing the entire most. And I was sad. I was depressed, didn't know it didn't know how to articulate it. I was high-functioning, so people didn't realize it. She's doing great. Look at her. She's getting it done. She's amazing. Shamar's amazing. Yeah. But then it just all came crashing down. I had experienced so much trauma in my life up until that point. My relationship with my mom was on the rocks. I didn't have my father around. And I just felt empty. And I felt like my whole life had been just pain. Every day, 21 years, 
And I felt like it was just pain. And I just wanted it to stop. Nobody really understood. I tried to talk to people. I tried to tell them how I felt. But I couldn't really articulate it. And the people I talked to, they didn't really know. They didn't really know what to do with that. We were college students. What do you do with that? I, I, don't, I don't know how to stop crying. I'm, I'm sad. I'm in pain. They didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I went to therapy. They put me on a lot of drugs. Um, I was on an antidepressant. I was on an anti-anxiety. I was on an antipsychotic, and I was on sleeping pills in college. Antipsychotics so that I could slow my mind down and actually sleep and not think while I was sleeping. I would wake up with solutions to problems. That's how bad that was. Sleeping pills so that I could actually sleep. Well, one day, I'd had it. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I remember the moment when I decided I was done. I was done with this pain. I looked in the mirror, and I saw this person that was a hollow shell of who she used to be. And I was done. I felt like it's never going to get better. It's always going to be like this. It's always going to be pain. It's been this way up until now, so I don't have reason to think it's going to get better. I'm done. I took the entire bottle of Ambien, and I went over to my kitchen sink, and I took the entire bottle. I don't know if you know how Ambien works, but one little itty-bitty peel, you're out. Like, within five minutes, and you don't think of anything, you don't, you don't dream, you just wake up. One little pill, I took the whole bottle. As I took that bottle, I, I stood over the kitchen sink, and I waited for it to work. And, and then I woke up. I didn't... I didn't know, I, I thought I was dead. I asked the woman sitting beside my bed if I was dead. She said, no, you're in the hospital, baby. All I could do, no! I was supposed to die! Why am I alive? And I was angry because I wanted to die. I was angry that I lived. And she just comforted me, and she prayed. That's all I know. That's my part of the story. And the rest I have to fill you in on because I was unconscious. So my best friend calls me, and I'm at the hospital, and she says, don't ever do that to me again. And she explained to me and walked me through what had happened. She said that I called her. She said that I dialed her. And this is 2002, so I didn't have 
her number memorized. I didn't have like a phone by me because I wasn't planning on calling anyone for help. She said that I dialed her, which seems pretty impossible because I know I was standing over the kitchen sink waiting to die. So how did I dial someone's number? Hmm. Okay. And I said, so what happened? What happened? How, how did you get there? And she said, well, you called me, and you said two words, and then you went silent. And I was terrified. I knew something was wrong. So I came over immediately. And you, when I got here, you looked dead. I just knew you were dead. And I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out, one, how I dialed her, and two, how did she get in? She said, well, the door was unlocked. I was like, no, no, the door wasn't unlocked. I'm a door locker. <laughs> I'm a door locker. I'm still a door locker. I'm the one that you get in the car, and you're like, I just got out for a second. I'm like, well, I don't know. I just locked the door. I don't know. That's just what I do. I'm a door locker. So I was like, is not right. Something is up with this. And I will tell you that it literally took me years to understand what had happened that day. That was God. He physically reached down into my darkness and pulled me out. I had given up on him. I had given up on the life that he blessed me with, that he gave to me, that he gifted me. And I said, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm good on that life thing. In John 10.10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Semicolon. Semicolon. That means the story's not over. The rest is still unwritten. God then comes in for the rest of the story and says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He wanted me to get to that abundant part of my life. He wanted me to see that he was an abundant God, a boundless God, and that even in my darkest moment that he could still come for me the way he pursued me, the way he came for me. He didn't give up on me. He came for me and gave me a second chance at life. That's so powerful that God would literally wheel my body to dial a number that I did not know by heart. That he would wheel my body to walk all the way across the room, about to where the end of that thing is there, to unlock a door. Because if he hadn't, by the time they got to me, I would have really been dead. I just, the moment that I realized that changed everything. It changed everything for me to know that we serve a God that loves us that much his redemptive power, his ability to breathe life into our bodies, 
I wouldn't be here. Asher and Asa wouldn't be here. Now, I will tell you this. That little incident, not little, made the rest of my college career pretty awful. Once the word got out around campus, I was the crazy lady. Yeah, and it did. It got out. And I mean, it was awful. When I went back to school, hearing the whispers, the stares, the way that they look at you, it's never the same. It's never the same. There was an incident. I was uh, going to one of my advisors on campus. She still doesn't know this to this day. And I was waiting on her. She had someone in her office, and um, I overheard her asking about me to this other Greek person. And she said, Anne, did you, did you hear that she's crazy? I was like, wow. Someone that I cared about, admired, looked up to, a part of staff at the university was saying this behind my back. You could only imagine what everybody else was saying. And it became my shame. I walked around with that bondage. I was so ashamed. Not to mention the family members, the shaming. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to us? And I walked around with that for years, bound up by shame and guilt over what I had done to everybody else, over being depressed, over an illness. And people wonder why I go so hard for Boundless. The whole point of Born Boundless is to reiterate that we didn't come here with these bondages. Every single bondage, every single chain, every single shackle, something that was either placed on us or we took on ourselves. But we didn't come here that way. And God is the kind of God that will come for you and remind you of who you are. There was not one more day after I realized that that was God that I ever felt depression or anxiety again. Deliverance. Deliverance. I've never felt that hopeless. I've never felt that desperate. I've never felt that down ever again. And I want you to know whoever is here who might feel that way, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible to be delivered from that pain. I know that pain. I know it. It's deep. It's not the kind of pain that everybody understands. It's not the kind of pain that sometimes you even have the words for. That's that midnight hour crying out on your face. Tears. You can't even see. You can barely speak. You don't even, you might not even know how to pray. And all you can do is just say, oh, help. That's all you need. That's all he needs. He's always there. He's there with us in our darkness. He's there with us in our lowest moments. He's there with us in our pain. He comes and he sits with us. See, I felt alone. I thought I was by myself. 
I was never alone. He was always there. He was always there. And I just find it amazing that we serve a God like that. I think he is so miraculous, so matchless, and so superior the way that he pursues us. Just like that song, his love is reckless. His love is relentless. His love is unchanging. His love is constant. His love is bigger than anything that we could be dealing with. Any suffering, it's bigger. We are the ones that put him in the box. We are the ones that say, he can't do this. It can't get better. This is the way that it is. That's what I did. I put him in a box. Put him in a box and put the box away and said, that's it. It's because I didn't know God the way that I know him now. I didn't understand who he was. I didn't understand how big he was. I didn't understand how boundless he was. I had no idea. And I'm just so grateful that he didn't give up on me, that I'm able to stand here and speak to you, that I'm able to stand in rooms and speak to women and girls about who God says they are. Because that's my biggest thing now. Forget what the world tells you. I mean, who were you before the world told you who you were? He sent you here. He sent you here. He is who matters. What he says about you. You have to understand that it's not about what everybody else thinks. You're not here for them anyway. I tell myself this now. When I get back to the people-pleasing and the perfectionism and I kind of have a relapse, I go, you are here to perform for an audience of one. And as long as I leave this earth and he's pleased, Man, I did my job. And I just think that's so awesome. Once you get that in your spirit and you know that, why you're here, when you know who God says you are, you won't allow the enemy, the father of lies, the grand illusionist, the adversary to come in and tell you who you are. Because he'll try. He'll try. And he's relentless. He's a good devil. He's good at his job. He's had like centuries of practice. I mean, who goes to war with somebody like that? And we roll up in there all unprepared. He's been like, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've been doing this for a long time since before you got here, boo. <laughs> and, and we come up in there. We don't read our word. We ain't praying. We just all jacked up and don't even really know. And the devil's like, oh, okay, well, you're this, you're that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know what, yeah. No, we're not doing that no more. Those days are over. I served him notice. You don't get to tell me who I am. I belong to him, and he is the only one that gets to tell me who I am. And who I am in him is the only thing that matters. Yeah. I gave up on my life. But the rest of my life, it's unwritten. And that's the same for you. 
There are pages that may have been stained with tears, chapters even. But you still have a whole book to write. The rest is still unwritten. He is your co-creator. And because of him, you are boundless. Boundless, you were born that way. And my prayer for you today is that you walk in the full authority that God has given you. I thank you so much for listening to me and allowing God to speak to you. Thank you so much.